0: Hey, everybody. I'm Andy Weinberg, and welcome to episode 81 uh-huh. of the David Osikinen in the Pocket podcast. Wide receiver. What, are we going that's, T.O.? That's, we, well, yeah, well, why not? He's one of the best, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking T.O. in terms of 81, <laughs> but since you brought up wide receiver, uh, it's our first uh, episode of the new year, our first episode yeah. of 2021. Happy belated new year, Dave. Happy new year to you, Andy. Uh, and of course, we're here at the Wildfire Radio Studios. It's looking good too, isn't it? Yes, in Woodbury, New Jersey. Yeah. All kinds of new.
1: There's a new video yeah. uh, uh, set up here, so uh, constantly. The, the technical ninja there on our producer Taylor has got it going on. We have video, and we got this, and we're got protected with the little screen, so it's cool. He's, great job, Taylor. Every time we come here, every other week, there's something new here. Love so it. A great yeah. job to Wildfire mm, and Taylor.
0: Thanks, uh, as always, for for them hosting us. I and uh, know. we have a very <laughs> we're. Very Very excited to have the guest we have this week. His name is Sammy Merendino. He's a uh, drummer, a programmer, producer, percussionist, uh, one of the the best in the business, New York, New, New York City uh, based, has played yeah. with everybody or worked yeah. with everybody. Been with Cyndi Lauper for a long time. He's been in a couple Broadway musicals. Uh, so there's a ton to talk about with Sammy.
1: Hey, I know he's a, I know he's a good friend of yours I too, love Dave. Sam. So, I'm looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a great conversation with the great Sammy Marandino. Uh Before we get to Sammy, uh, I do want to thank our sponsors, uh, our great friends at the School of Rock Main Line in Berwyn, Pennsylvania? taking young musicians and helping them feel like rock stars. Yeah, and- what a job
1: these guys do. Really wonderful program across the country, but I'm teaching at the one there in Ber- Berwyn. It's ran by Rick Allison and Dave Marsh. They do a wonderful job. They protect their students. They were very aware of what was going on over the last year with COVID, so they set it up. At first, we were doing a lot of, we still do some online lessons, but they have it protected with screens, and, uh, and it's a great program. If you go, and if you heard about uh, uh, School of Rock and Berwind uh, on the podcast, please let note Dave and Rick know and they'll give you a, a discount and you can join up and your kid will be in a great environment for learning and artistically it's, it's, it's terrific.
0: It's super. They have great great teachers over there, Brilliant. great program. Um, I mean, we've had some School of Rock alum actually on the podcast. Yes, so, <laughs> great uh,
1: players. Very
0: cool. Uh, and you can call them at 610-647-2900 or check them out on the web, schoolofrock.com. And, again, look up the one in uh, School of Rock Mainline in Berwyn, Pennsylvania. Mm. Also want to thank our friend Eric Metz at Croker Percussion. That's crokerpercussion.com, C-R-O-A-K-E-R, percussion.com. They're dedicated to creating quality handcrafted percussion instruments with God. superior sound quality and unmatched craftsmanship again croakerpercussion.com i love
1: that drum set i do it's really cool it's so different and it has a great look great feel uh tell eric you heard about uh the kroger percussion i'm sure he'll probably do something for you if you do uh, from the podcast so uh but check out those that kit because it's very uh um, it's fun, and it sounds great. It's great stuff. You can see it all Shakers, on the- too. They got great—I'll uh, talk to—they use those shakers and uh, uh, that are just sound amazing. I think it's like a titanium or, or whatever it's made out of, and it sounds amazing.
0: Yes, and, and it looks great, too. Check. Yeah. You can see it on the website, or call Eric at 215-669-8588. All right, Dave. Well, speaking of percussion and drumming, yeah, we have one of the best in the business on the line with us from his home studio in New York
1: City. His name is Sammy Merendino. Hi, Sammy.
2: Hey, how you doing, man? Thanks for having me on the show.
1: He's one of the coolest people I know, Sam. You see, Sam, like we'd run into Sam. Uh, 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 Hi, Sam. How are you, bud? we see. I would see Sam at Nam, and you can't miss Sam because he's what? Sam, you what? He's six four. You're about six 40. No, 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 6'2". 6'2". You look about six four. You, you know what? <laughs> he, you know he, 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 he shaved his head. I don't know if you're bald, but you shaved. He's got a great look. He's, you know, he just stands out, and he's so slick and cool. But he's so uh, humble and great, and it's so great to have you on the podcast, Sammy. Because I've been thinking about calling you for the longest time to get you on the chat. Because uh, you know we we both love great food, beautiful women.
3: Absolutely. The only thing I I'm, yeah. I'm
1: a terrible. So you, I know you played a go- you play golf, and um, and uh, I I I stink at golf, and it's something I'd like to maybe try to get into. they actually started calling me divot. Uh, after, <laughs> but I know you've invited me. You asked me that one time. Do you play golf? And Sam, when he was on tour, you carry your bags with you on tour, don't you?
3: Well, yeah, we
2: used to uh, play a lot when we were on tour because um, uh, we were the opening act for uh, Cher at one point, and right. yeah. we basically, you know, we were on at seven o'clock, played till like seven thirty, and yeah. then we were gone. So right. we had, and we didn't have to do sound check till four or five, so we had the whole day, and so we would trade tickets for tea time play all these beautiful courses but i haven't really picked up a stick since 2016 actually wow i uh it's been a while yeah i kind of put it aside for a minute just i I got i was like i wanted to practice more drums and it was taking too much time away from that
1: and i love that too i love that you you know here because it's kind of something there's a, a bunch of new things that have opened up to me over the last five years um not that I was on, I was always investigating something. But musically, I've been doing, you know, engineering and playing. But, you know, you you play golf, and I know you've been, you know, and here you are, like you're going back to playing more drums and, and getting better at drums. Which there's a lot of people out there don't realize, like even pro guys, and I think even more so, pro guys want to always get better and try to investigate new areas in music where they can get better. And you've always been somebody that, like, when when I ran into you at that at the um, at the center staging that time when they were. Uh, no, 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 the cutting room when they were having the, um, the party and we were a bunch of drummers there and you were, you were, you introduced me to a guy that you were taking some, you know, getting some lessons from. And I, you know, I love that about you, Sam, that you're always wanting to get better, man.
2: Well, it's just like any other thing, like, you know, say even a golfer, they have to golf all the time. And for me, it was, I couldn't really be a good golfer and a good drummer at the same time. (laughs) I have some friends that are, and I'm very jealous of them, but (laughs) For me, it's just a thing I have to kind of work on yeah. and keep up to a certain level. And, you know, it's the beautiful thing about an instrument, especially drums. You know, you can always learn. There's always, yeah. you know, some place to go right. and get better. Yeah. You know? So I, I, I dig that challenge about it. Well, that's
0: yeah. that's amazing because you've been playing since you were, what, like 12 years old that you started playing. And so, you know, however old you are now, I mean, all these years later that you're still trying to get better. I mean, that's that is very impressive.
2: Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it's you know, there's there's a lot of these kids now that are you know just so good because you know there's such a
1: <laughs> right. Well, you
2: know, you see these kids that are 19, right, right, that are just shredding. You oh, it's
1: 19. Sam, you know I mean? I'm teaching a kid right now that is uh, uh, one of the shows we do at at School Rock is the Metallica show, and I got this kid David Lopez. He's he's uh, f- 15 14 and he sits down and plays a song called the longest straw the shortest straw and, and blacken. and i'm telling you it's like are you kidding there's like weird drop beats odd time double bass stuff and single bass stuff done you know like like lars which like bob rock would cut up and do stuff. this kid's playing it and i sit there and i marvel at him like where And he goes youtube i said where'd you learn that youtube <laughs> Uh, you know, stuff that we didn't have. No excuses here, but man, you know, they got so much info and if you're willing to work at it, you could become amazing. And I, I see right, well, f- freaks out there, man.
2: Well, the access to information is great, you know, and then and you you come across, you know, you have all these different things. You have these guys that can really play like I know guys that are faster with their feet than I am with my hands, you know? <laughs> <laughs> But then, then you get the, the other guys that really understand, like, when to use it, how right. to use it, well, and, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's like a whole new breed of cats now yeah. that, it, you know, yeah. I, I listen to these guys, I'm like, Jesus, I better, you know, I better be practicing all day, you know, yeah. <laughs> just to stay ahead, you know. Yeah.
1: Musicality, that that you brought that up, that's, you know, understanding and, and, and um, uh, knowing where, where to play, when not to play. I mean, that was all the thing about, the whole joke about, people talk about Steve Gadd, you know, when you ask... Uh, and I can't. I wish I could tell the joke, but Steve was the go-to guy. And most times, it was like what not to play. You know, he was always just yep. so incredibly. Uh, why don't you even. Fill that hole. A lot of young drummers are like, "Oh, I got a space. So I'm going to use it." Uh GAD was the guy that was a minimalist, and then when it was time to go, you know, you get stuff like Asia, <laughs> right? So, right. Yeah. Well, I,
2: I saw a clinic with with Alan Schwartzberg in the '80s, wow. and, and he sat down, and for like five minutes, he just played all these great chops and fills and crazy shit, you know, and then. At the end of that, he goes, you hear that? He goes, not once I've ever played any of that on a record.
1: <laughs> True, right? Because, you know, uh, yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. So, so, you know, just knowing. But, you know, there's also, there's room for that. There's these kids that are they're, they're pushing the boundary now. And yeah. they're, like, saying, well, here is what is kind of acceptable. I mean, yeah. just, it, you know, it's just amazing, some of these kids. I'm, yeah. I'm really impressed. You know, there's... there's Me too. You know, I... I yeah, it's
1: great. Me too. I love, I love, I love seeing it. it. It's, it's. You could either embrace it or just be so. F- it could just throw you in, uh, like to the covers being over your head, going like, "Oh, why didn't I practice more?" <laughs> but you know, but it's great yeah. to see these kids. And you know, I, my my mission the last, you know, especially since uh, uh, we didn't tour this year was uh, educating. Uh, uh, um, and it's funny, I, I, my, my teacher back when I was younger, I studied with Joe Casadas for a few years. And so, and I thought Joe gave me a real great foundation for reading and understanding notes and things like that. So sometimes like when I get a student who comes to me, they're like, uh, why do I need to do this? I say, well, because, you know, you can't get to Z if you don't start by A. You gotta, you have to learn this. And sometimes they're like, well, can't I just go play, you know, um, a black dog? I said, no, we're gonna learn that, you know, we're doing the buddy book, you know, and either they, either they do it or, or they go to somebody else. But Joe was the guy that, you know, instilled, instilled that into me and I and I kind of do it, but it's been my mission at the school that you're gonna learn how to read this thing. <laughs> you know, it's been good.
2: Yeah, Joe, Joe was a great- great guy and, and he? Is, you know I don't I have very few regrets in my life one is that I didn't work on my reading as well like I can read I'm not a, yeah. a great sight reader but you know yeah, you know you got to have a good copy. Well, you play Broadway,
1: though. I mean, that's amazing because you're looking at charts. But I mean, there's a lot of people that, that that don't understand. And I tell them like, you I said you don't have to become a great reader. It's nice if you can. You do, but if you're a proficient reader, and as you, especially, you like you know, another instrument, or you can you know, at least write down chords. But if you have a knowledge of notes and enough that you can look at a chart and have an understanding, you're going to go a long way. That's what I try to tell people that you could do it. So you just said it yourself. You, you consider yourself You're probably a better reader than you're saying, Sammy. But you. But you. You know. Uh, again, because you know guys that are like, look at. You know they're reading it and feeling it immediately. It's like ah, you know apparently Gad's like that. But um, yeah, I hate
3: those guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. I'm I'm not, I'm not that guy. I remember when I was with Joe, we were just starting to get into Frank Sinatra charts, and I stopped. The Hooters got really busy at the time. I, you know, it was we, before we signed, but we were playing everywhere, and I I never got into that. And back then, when we took a lesson down there on Forty Sixth Street, you know we used to put headphones on. And he had a wreck It wasn't even a tape. I think he had some he had like a reel to reel there and then we had a, a record player and somehow he'd set up where you could hear it. And we were playing like New York. And I, and I think the week I was about to start playing those two charts, I, I, you know, I had to quit because uh, if if you showed up with a lesson for a lesson with Joe and you weren't prepared, he'd hit you with a stick.
2: <laughs> I had, I had a teacher like that too. Yeah, yeah. It happened once. I showed up for a lesson and, uh, I was playing, and, and this is—jeez, this was back in the '70s—and yeah. and this guy Mickey who was very uh, important to me as a, a teacher and a that's friend. That's great.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, I showed up for this lesson, and I—he knew right away I didn't have it. So he goes, <laughs> oh, "Hey, man," he goes, "Can you can you pay me like now?" You know, he says, "Pay me ahead of time." I said, "Yeah." So I pulled my five bucks. So that's what the right. lesson cost then. Yeah. and I gave him the five bucks. He goes, "He goes, get the hell out of here!" I <laughs> says, he goes, "Don't come and waste my time." He yeah. goes, "Come back when you know this lesson." So uh, I kind of got kicked out the door. Went yeah. home. Shed the lesson all day. I just played that lesson, and I right. came back, you know, with my tail between my legs, knocking on his door the next way, day. And he goes, "Give me story. ready?" I said, "Yes." So I go on and I played. He goes, "Good." He goes, "Now give me another five bucks for the lesson." Uh, so I had to pay him twice that week. Right. But it was a good lesson, you know, on being prepared and, hey. and showing up, you know, yeah. and being ready for something, you, you know. know? And like, I've never forgotten that.
1: We got the same sort of story from, you know, Jimmy Paxson, don't you, drummer? Jim, oh, yeah. Jim, Jimmy was on the, sh- on the show, and he was taking lessons from Maury uh, in 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 L A. And he shows up for a lesson, and he, and, and, and like he's Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy had balls. He's actually playing and thinking he's gonna play the lesson, and maybe his teacher wouldn't wouldn't uh, know that he was you know. Playing something else, kind of like trying to get pull the wool over his eyes. And the teacher turned me said, "You think I'm an old man? Doesn't know, don't know that you're trying to screw me on this lesson." He goes, hey, "Have your dad, do- your dad stop at the hardware store and maybe pick up some plumbing plumbing tools and stuff because I think you'll be a better plumber than a drummer." <laughs> get the fuck out of here,
3: you know. So
1: uh, that's great. Uh, it's, man. Yeah, that's great yeah, it's good. But you know, we all have them. You know, you have to be prepared. Hey, let's check out questions police. for you, Sam. Yeah, Sam, yeah. you and I can well, go nuts he's such a bud, we got to ask him. Some well,
0: questions we got it. Well, Dave, you you brought up Broadway, so why don't we start there? Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's got to be something. I mean, you hear about the the rigors of, of of being in a Broadway show and and the commitment that it takes, and and you've been in two of them. Uh, plus, uh, there was a third that was on tap, at, as on hold because of COVID. Uh, Diana, uh, but you were obviously in Kinky Boots and, and Pretty Woman, the musical, and and being part of that whole experience. I mean, th- that's got to be wild. I would imagine being you know part of a Broadway production like that. Two of them.
3: Well,
2: it was it was really great because you know I didn't get into Broadway until I was around, fifty five years old. You know, I had tried to get in before and I just couldn't get in. There was just you know, doors kept shut, you know, but I had done all the demos for Kinky Boots with Cindy and, and they had a couple other drummers. And, you know, Cindy's very particular you know, she's <laughs> you an awesome think? woman, but, but she, she, yeah, she knows what she wants. You know,
3: yeah, I, no I, doubt I love her
2: for that. But it, she kept firing drummers. And then finally, after the third drummer came in, she just slammed her feet down and said, you know, Sam's going to do this. And that's it. I'm not going to argue with that anymore. So they said, okay. So then she calls me. She goes, you'll do it, right? And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So,
1: <laughs> this so is after, after she fires and she calls, you, goes, you sure, Sammy?
2: <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, luckily they let me, you know, the good thing about that is I got to create the drum part. So it, wow. it wasn't, um, you know, there wasn't a ton of reading in there. They basically transcribed all my stuff, you know, uh-huh. and um but they let me kind of go crazy with all the Ableton stuff and I think we were one of the first shows to use Ableton so I was running Ableton click tracks and loops right, and stuff right. and and they were great cuz I would they would say you know we need a loop for this thing I said okay so I'd come home and I'd like come up with five loops you know wow. and bring them in and let them let them pick then, so yeah. I would give them an extra amount you know right. and so then it became the whole show was run on that and I was I would like run
3: Everything
1: so what a setup that, too. Th- that was Your crazy. setup was amazing at the th- at the theater. Sam and Dallin and I went to see Kinky Boots and Sam was it you were you Sam let me see his setup and, and I got a tour. We got a great backstage tour. I mean, thank you, Sam. By the way, it was the th- we were blown oh, away. Mean. We were blown away by. It. And Sam's drums were set up. There was the pit, and you were up on what floor were you on there? Like I was up on the fifth floor. Fifth effect, floor, you right?
2: The spotlight operators.
1: Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. I and mean, he had this room, and it was to every drummer's envy. You know, walked in there, and I saw this room, and it was all Sam. the The kit was set up there. You had it. It was at an acoustic and a digital kit, right? Did you? Was yeah, it, like, it
2: was a combination combination there, there, was, there was no um, no samples being triggered from my acoustic drums it was all acoustic sound. but wow. then there was like an le- electronic kit to the left yeah. and i could just kind of swing around and play different stuff because what the a show setup. went from like dance music to yeah. rock stuff and yeah it was, it was it was a lot of stuff but
1: oh it was, so it was much great. fun i, I was that, oh, now thanks. you were getting paid to do that now it, which was so much fun and and uh, how many shows a day were you doing
2: well there's eight shows a week you do wow. on Broadway uh-huh. and and so but you can sub out you know yeah. if uh, say I had a session one day I right. could call one of my subs and yeah. luckily I had some really great guys that yeah. could come in and and would cover for me. Wow. Okay. So you know but I I I did a lot of shows I enjoyed playing it and I enjoyed the whole theater
0: well, well, yeah, I mean, Kinky Boots ran for I think six years. Were how, you how many of those years were you uh, were you with it, or was it the whole time? Or
2: I, I was a long there. long time. No, I left. I left after about four and a half years to go to do uh, Pretty Woman because uh, Jim Valance and Brian Adams were writing the music, and my friend Will Van Dyke was a conductor. And I was I've always wanted to work with Brian. Yeah, he's
1: you know? great. Yeah. And,
2: and and because, you know, Mickey Curry our, our is head. like one of my favorite all time drummers. I mean
1: Yeah, mine too. He's
2: just like the guy. So I got to do my you know, I was like, Well, I know what Brian likes. He likes that kind of thing, you know, and we just hit it off. Right. And that was the same thing. They had fired a couple drummers and then they, they came to me. It's like, I keep coming in after they fired these other drummers, you know, and then they finally come around and go, yeah, we should have got them to start with. (laughs) But that was another one. I I got to originate the book on that one also.
3: Wow. Yeah. Which
2: was great. And that only ran for a year, but it was, uh, it was a great year, and I really enjoyed it. The whole process was great. Well, we've we've
0: we've this is our eighty-first episode of in of the in the pocket podcast, and we've played a lot of music on the show. We've yet to play anything Broadway. from a Broadway musical. Yeah. And Sammy, you sent us, or you suggested we play "You and I" from Pretty Woman. Cool. So we could play just a, a bit play, of this to a uh, hear a little uh, Broadway, yeah. a Broadway, a class up the, the, right the podcast on. here a little bit. Yeah, with, it with, it certainly <laughs> does, <with> Sam. <laughs> Sam's yeah. class, baby. Sure. Yeah. I love it.
3: Yeah. Darling, you look beautiful tonight I can't remember ever seeing anything so right In the magic of the moment There's no place I'd rather be
1: i say I'm bummed that I didn't get it to see that, uh, uh, working with Brian was like, you were saying it, you always wanted to work with and That must've been a thrill. I, I know Brian because we toured with Mick is also a, a good friend of mine. And, 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 uh, I know Keith is actually a good friend. All those guys been brought, and brought you yeah, amazing. And, um, Brian, what a writer. And I could hear, uh, so him and Valence wrote the song. you can that tell song. us
0: immediately, like yeah, two, you two seconds it. into the song, right. you can say, This
1: is a Brian yeah, Adams song. Yeah, is it that pre chorus. You can hear the pre chorus where he's going amazing. Yeah.
2: And the greatest part was when we were cutting the, the cast album, we were at Power Station, but Brian was singing. <laughs>
1: the, what a voice.
2: Because so, we just had the band in there cutting all the tracks for a few days. Yeah. And just hearing him sing. Yeah. I mean, that guy can sing the phone book. It well, you hear him he talk. Sings. He
1: sounds great. When he talks, he has a great voice. Yeah. You know.
2: So, yeah, it was just like I'd look over at him while we were playing. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. So it was great, you know. So, yeah. But then, you know, after that one, you know, I got – when we were talking about reading here, you know, my third show that I'm kind of involved in, – well, I am involved now in is Diana. The, it's about – princess diana wow. and you know we were in pre- we we're in previews and that came about again the drummer w- that was going to do it booked himself on another show not knowing this was coming to broadway so mm-hmm. i got this call at the last minute to to you know take the gig so i, yeah. I was happy to take it sure. and it was david bryan from bon jovi yeah, with the music right,
1: right. Mm-hmm. It's
2: like i ended up working with all these 80s rockers that's the on broadway i'd become their drummer you know
1: there it's yeah. all right and
2: uh but it's great you know but um Oh, geez, I lost my train of thought here. No. No, oh, was, yeah. So yeah. The, the thing about this, this one, I had to read. And so this guy, John Clancy, is the orchestrator. I don't know if you know John. Great orchestrator. He's done a bunch of shows. He's a drummer, oh. but he plays a million instruments. But he orchestrated the show. So he sent me these charts, and I was like, oh, man. So <laughs> I really had. Yeah. I, I had, And I really wanted to do. He, he had everything so worked out. I was like, I've got to honor these charts. You sure. know? And I didn't want to just. You know, he let me do a little bit of my interpretation, of him, but yeah. I was really trying to hone in on what he did because, you know, everything you yeah. on top, he started with the drums. And right. And so I wanted to keep that foundation there. So I ended up shedding it very heavily, and yeah. it worked out really great. Plus, you, know, you like wanted a to challenge to do
1: that, I'm sure, Sammy. It's like, you know, when you're doing one thing, and then I, I know in you, you're probably like, hey, I want to deliver what he was, what he, how he visioned it. It was probably meant a lot right. to you to do that. Yeah
2: absolutely to get his whole thing and you know like i said everything was already set to go on top of it so that had to be there you know and it was really uh a good lesson basically it was, i felt like i was studying with him you know he he kind of uh and he, it was different than how i normally played like things i would play starting with my left he'd start with his right and oh. vice versa and and phil's worth. it was just a from a different wheelhouse yeah and it, it actually made me a better drummer by like trying to interpret what he was seeing instead of this time saying well here's what I would have done that's right. like let, let me do what you would have done and it mm. made me a better player
1: wow <laughs> how much fun it was, it was
2: good, it was good. It- yeah so that's coming out actually you know uh, that that will be out on Netflix they filmed it oh so that'll be out in March. It, it'll actually be before we open. And oh. then uh, we'll we'll come back, I don't know, either in the summer and the fall yeah. after it's been out on Netflix. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I,
1: I can't wait till we get back to the Broadway thing. I'm a, a down and I'm dying to get up to New York one to see a show, hang with you. Uh, Sam is also king of the great cocktail and knows the best burger in New York. <laughs> and pizza, man. There's <laughs> the good end. Your, your Raul's, baby. I love to eat, what? man.
2: When you come up, you and Dal, you got to come here, and we'll grill some steaks out in the backyard. I you, found a really great steak place, oh, it's a purveyor, yeah, uh, master purveyors, and so I get all my steaks from them now. So we'll grill
1: some steaks. Uh, you're in, baby. Hang out in the backyard. Uh, we are in. We're up. We're in. She's gonna hear this. Get, uh, let's get this. <laughs> this. This. Uh, social distancing thing over get move on get the vaccinations boom yeah. we're there sam there you go <laughs> we're there <laughs> right that'll we're, be great
0: yeah hey hey let's go back to the beginning sammy um you grew up in ohio and Ak- or you were born in akron right and uh, right. I, and you're one of 11 children which you know is is, yep. is is that that's fascinating to me i mean were was there a lot of musicians among your uh, siblings or
2: well, my father was a musician. He played accordion, and that's how he put wow. us all through school. He, he wow. played every Friday and Saturday night. He taught a couple of days a week. I didn't really know that.
3: Musician. Wow. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. He was. He had. He played all the time. He was like the big accordion player in the area, you know. And and he could really play. And
3: so yeah,
2: uh, he really supported me, my father, and. Uh, he was always, and my mother as well, you know, she she was the one during the day. If I didn't want to practice, she's like, no, you're going down to practice, you know, oh. which wasn't very often, but yeah. the days I didn't want to, I, she was pushing me down oh, That's awesome. And I have a, a younger brother, Angelo, that that's a photographer now, but he was also a pretty good drummer. But as far as the 11, I'm the only one that, that became a pro at it, yeah. you
3: know.
0: Yeah. What uh, what number were, were you? Very... Uh, uh, among the 11, what number were you?
1: I was the fourth. Wow. Okay so one of the older well,
0: ones but I mean uh, that in
1: that, you know, yeah. Akron people are, that listen I mean what a, what is music uh, an area I mean that part of uh, the United States uh, around there I mean great musicians have come out of that area and 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 so you've always had like I remember I mean, guitar players that that whole you know you guys had like a scene and th- and then you ended up going did you go to New York from there or is that is that how you left
2: Well yeah well well, Akron was a, a big rock and roll town, yeah. you know, and I was seeing a bunch of bands in there. And, you know, you played Cleveland, the Agora Ballroom. Yeah, I played you, there. Yeah, played there. Yep. And, and, yeah, I'm sure you played there. It was one of my favorite places. Loved ever it. Played. But, you know, there was places to play when I grew up, you know, and people, yeah. loved it. you know, we played 1,500 people as a local band.
1: Right. You know? Yeah.
2: So, but, you know, I got kind of tired of being in New York. I mean, of being in the ohio and i wanted to go to new york or la and then this friend of mine lenny williams had been playing with chubby checker and i knew him from when i had one other job in a music store and i'd met him he was a young kid that couldn't afford to buy a guitar and the boss never liked him Uh come in but i would call him and tell him hey man boss is on lunch come and play and then he'd get out before the boss came back (laughs) anyway he got this gig he got this gig with chubby checker and chubby was playing like they were like the ramones yeah playing everything fast and rocking yeah so anyway Lenny called me said Chubby's looking for a drummer and so uh, Chubby called me and I ended up flying up to New York yeah uh, into Newark they picked me up, went into the into the city and uh, they were doing a, a gig at the at the Ritz uh-huh. and so, Uh, They did their sound check. The Old Ritz? The
1: the Old Ritz, probably, right? The Old Ritz, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, downtown. Mm. And um, I think it's called Webster Hall now. I don't even know if it's still there. Uh. Anyway, so they do their sound check, and everything sounds great. So Chubby says, okay, come on up. It's time to audition. So we start playing, and we're playing the twist, and it's like Uh. screamingly fast, you know? (laughs) I'm playing about 30. And I'm playing hard and loud. I'm play, yeah, playing right. about thirty seconds, and I break the snare drum head. Wow! And I'm like, "Oh no, man! They just did their sound check. He's gonna be pissed." Yeah. And he turns around and goes, "What happened?" I said, "Uh, sorry, Chubby, I broke the snare drum head." He goes, "You're hired." <laughs> and that was that yeah, was yeah, it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: so yeah, yeah, that was that was the, yeah. what November sixth of nineteen eighty, and I moved up here on the twenty sixth of December.
0: And that was kind of your entry entry into the New York scene, pretty much getting that gig with Chubby.
2: Well, yeah, so I got that, but then we went on the road for a year and a half, so I had a little apartment in Queens that I just left my stuff at, but I was, wasn't was here that much, and then mm-hmm. around May of, uh, what year was that, 2002, I guess, I left that gig, and I came back to the city then. And
3: you then mean, was, you uh, mean
2: 82? 82.
0: 82. May of 82. 82.
2: 82, yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, 82. Right. 82 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just I didn't want to, we
0: didn't want to fly through 22 years that quickly. And with Chubby. And with
2: Chubby. yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So so yeah. So then I moved back into the city and started working around here.
1: Yeah. Right. You did a lot of great gigs, and and one of the things that you're really known for, and you er, and, and early on you became very proficient. As a matter of fact, a great programmer. You embraced that world, like um like Brawl Hour. You know, like you 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 guys. That's a world you 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 knew. And I remember when I first heard your name was oh who programmed it was sammy you know because i didn't i didn't know you then because rick because of rick shirt but you did a lot of that right
2: yeah well that was kind of you know that summer that i left that chubby's gig i was like i wanted to practice and and get better because i was like i'm in new york i really got to really tighten my stuff up you know and so i bought a lindrum uh and my dad co-signed a loan for me I, i found out recently that uh, he passed a few years ago, but I found out recently that he actually put the house up as collateral for me to oh. get this Lindrum. Oh, wow. I, wow. He, he never told me that, but my brother told me that later. Wow. Anyway, is that wild? Yeah. And, uh, it was it three makes grand so much, back well, then, you know?
1: Once wanna, I, I get t- I was, that's amazing, Sammy. That's amazing. Uh,
2: my dad was awesome. Yeah. But, um, anyway, I bought this Lindrum to um, to practice with, basically, to, yeah. to get my time together. You yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it, it just kind of started taking on a life of its own and I was kind of fascinated with it because sonically it was cool, it was right. different, it was just a whole new whole new yeah. thing, you know. So then I moved into Manhattan and um I was going on my way to um to an audition for the Psychedelic Furs uh-huh. and I was really broke. I'd put my last money into the apartment to get there. It was like two days after I moved in. I had, had five bucks left in my name. Oh, and so I'm on the way to the first thing and I'm, I'm kind of early. I'm going to go, I'm going to go get a beer. So I went into this, uh, the Prince street bar mm. and I'm, I'm I'm sitting there and, uh, I had five bucks and I get a beer and it was three bucks. And I just, I didn't even have enough for another beer. And I just told the guy, I said, I just keep it. I can't do anything with that two bucks anymore. So I'm sitting there drinking this beer and these two guys are talking and 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 I hear him talking, should we use a drum machine or or live drums tomorrow on our session? And and I'm I'm picking this up. <laughs> so I go, Hey, I said I said, I, I program drums and they said, Really? I said, Yeah, I said, I got a lendrum. They said, Are you any good? I said, I'm the best in town. Okay? will <laughs> <laughs> good for you.
0: <laughs> I like
2: it. So, so so they said, Well, what do you charge? I said, What do you pay? And and he says, We can give you fifty bucks and I went, Well, that's and, and in my head I'm going, I can really use that fifty bucks yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I said, that's lower than I normally do, but yeah, I'll do it. So yeah. <laughs> I went and did that session the next day, Yeah. and I met this Steve Rosen, the studio owner at this place, Park South, who introduced uh-huh. me to, to uh, uh, Joe Venneri, who was yeah. the producer, owner there. Joe, yeah. Anyway, I started doing records with him there, and I can trace my career as a programmer to that day. Wow. Because that was like the turning point where that's – because through that is where, where I met – Larry Blackman from Cameo and all these people, it all goes back to that one day walking in that bar and seeing that door open with these guys, you know,
1: and think about that, you know,
2: so yeah. if you had, if you had chosen it, 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 to spend it, it,
1: your last five
0: bucks on a cup of coffee as opposed to a beer, yes. your career none of this would have happened. <laughs> Which so. I wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> wow Who knows? but it, it, that always blows my mind, and we, wow. we've had a lot of our guests. It, it is like one moment like that where everything changes. changes, and you know just right obviously, to be successful in this business, you have to be talented, and you have to work your ass off, yeah, but you also need luck. I and mean you need is, the right you, place you could, at the right because time. Because there's a lot of talented people out there mm. who never, for whatever reason, never yeah, make it. Right. And it's you know, right place, right time. And and I'm, you would have made it anyway, Sammy, I'm sure. Yeah. But but it oh, is cool. Yeah, I it, appreciate it, it. yeah but it's yeah. it's it's a cool like moment like
1: So that. you were doing a lot of that stuff before the program and stuff because I you know, because I know you, you you, Rick was on the Sophie record and other records when it was anything that had to be programmed he'd call you that Lynn, Lynn yeah. thing I know Eric yeah, Eric was did. big on the Lynn I knew the Lynn because um, Eric was saying hey can you play to that or can you play that can you do can you work with that I remember because zombies that <laughs> that little top end thing to all you zombies it's a Lynn drum machine I'm playing to you know so that right. was you know and you used to do a lot of that stuff
2: yeah, well, I, I got heavy into it. Like, I would just buy anything that came out. Every new drum machine, every new sampler, every new Simmons set. I was just totally into it. You I, know? Call you, so I, I call
1: you. I call you to ask you how does that work? <laughs> do you, I don't know if yeah, you recall. I got a lot of those calls, yeah, I you was calling Sam, going, "What does that red button do but over I, there?"
2: <laughs> yeah, I loved it. You know, it was being able to do the Sophie's record, which was great. You yeah. Know? And, uh, when we when we did Damn, that was you know. I bought. It, I remember buying an H3000 sampler just so I could change speeds of beats back then because it was much different you know you didn't have access to all the stuff you have now Mm. so it was it was buying all these pieces of gear to make things do different things but you were a visionary
1: sam because you had to see you had to you had to you knew when it's like so because your mind worked like an engineer because you're an engineer. You had to figure out, oh, I know what they're going to need, so I'm going to have to get this. Because that'll be able to get there. You know, you had to figure—you were allowed to be one step ahead of everybody. That's really remarkable. Well, just just and- in
0: case people don't realize what, what record we're talking about here, it's uh, Sophie B. Hawkins' Damn, I Wish I Was Your Lover, which yeah. is what a huge hit. and Massive. And— you play. You were part of a lot of other huge hits in the '80s. Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire." Yeah. I mean, that's you know, talk about a song. That, that, yeah, it, that
2: was. I, I played a little bit of percussion. Not a ton on that. I played some percussion on that. Right, but that was great to work with Billy, and 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 that was an awesome,
0: wow, awesome experience. And wow. then other. You know, well, just talking about some of the huge songs you played on. We, you mentioned. Uh, uh, Cameo, Larry Blackman and Cameo, wow. and their album "Word Up," which massive, mass, massive album in 1986. Yeah, and, "Word Up" and yep. the the title track "Word Up." Talk about getting involved with Cameo, and then we'll play a little of "Word Up" uh, just to uh, remind people, in case they haven't heard it in a while, what what a huge song yeah. that was. Yeah, well, you know, the funny
2: thing is, this goes back to that Studio Park South, and you know, I was doing this uh, record with the Weather Girls, and I cut a track with them, you know. Program this track, we put it down, and then they were doing some overdubs. And I'm sitting out in the lobby of the hotel, of the uh, studio, just reading the paper. And I hear some guy go, "Hey man, that's a great drum sound." And he goes, "Who's who's the drummer on that?" And I said, "Me." And I'm not even looking up, you know. I'm just kind of reading this thing, you know. <laughs> he goes, "Oh, we're gonna do a record, man." He, he goes, "You want to do a record?" And I look up, and it's Larry Blackman. Yeah. You know, from Cameo. And I'm like, "Oh hey." He <laughs> says, yeah. He says, "We're starting this record next week. You want to come and do it?" So I'm like absolutely, you know. So we went in and we did Single Life. Yeah. And then um wow. And you know, Larry, you know, founding father of funk, I mean just yeah. an awesome drummer. Yeah. He,
3: he, we yeah. hit it
2: off just great. So then, you know, I toured with them for a little bit over in England. Yeah. This, this uh tour promoting that. And then after that, he said he said we're coming back. He kind of figured something out about yeah. uh pale and, and radio promo and stuff. He and yeah. we he says my next record's going to be even bigger. So we yeah. came back and we did word up.
1: Hey, was he a and, t- was he a Tama guy? Blackman. I think he was for a little while. Yeah, he yeah, I his remember big I Tama I, I, I I think I did a I think I did a promo thing with that guy years ago. I oh, think he I did was great. Yeah, yeah, the wild hair. He was
2: great, and and he, yeah, he was just a killer. You know, it was great because, like, we when we went through the tour, I was playing a song. He goes, "Yeah, it doesn't feel right," and I was like, "Well, show me." So he'd sit down and play, and you go, "Oh, okay, now I get where where he's kind of placing things." You yeah,
3: know? yeah.
2: And and but you know after you know Word Up came out, and and at that point that that record just exploded. Yeah. And then I couldn't really afford to tour with them anymore because what they were paying for a week. I was getting in a day, you know, in yeah. the because I, you know, all of a sudden my career just skyrocketed after that record. Cause everyone wants you to be that guy, you know?
1: Yeah. What a and, great uh, thing though, was, man.
0: I, I like, uh, I, I like his ahead. confidence. You were t- saying that he, he knew this was going to be a hit. I mean, a lot of times people say, you know, they, they, they think the success of an album will, will take people, catch people off guard. But he said to you, we're going to make something even bigger after, after single life. I mean, he, he, he kind of knew yeah, where, where to.
2: He he kind of figured out the whole how the business worked a little bit, but he also had word up I think in his head, and he said he said the next record we do is going to be massive. Uh, and you know he changed. You know at that point everyone was using these big lush uh, reverbed out drums, and and on on that record there's no reverb at dry, all. Like, he dry. fired an engineer. He, he said no reverb in the control room even when we're cutting. And so he fired an engineer for putting reverb on something. <laughs> but, yeah. But you know sonically 80s. that was just. That was a whole new thing happening at that point. And, you know, and Larry had the vision for that stuff. And, you know, and, you know, between everybody involved, there were certain engineers, Eric Calvey um, and, you know, between him, me, Larry, everybody, there was guys that had vision for stuff, you know, and I'm always trying to get back to that moment in my life of creativity because Mm. it was fun. It was just these moments where stuff was just flowing without even thinking about it. Right. It was just an awesome, awesome time you know and it,
0: yeah.
2: was, it was a lot of change going on then so it was it was very experimental and people were, were very
3: cool and yeah i loved it well oh, the, so
0: the cool. album word up it was uh, one of the biggest albums of 1986 it went platinum it was mm-hmm. number one on the r&b and hip-hop charts i think N- nme uh, ranked it as the fifth best album of the year the title track was a top 10 hit and number one on the r&b charts and uh, you couldn't avoid it in 1986 so let's hear a little let's of, of word yeah. up and great sammy marindin yeah.
1: In the very, bit, very, so the very intro, like the the pattern you program that pattern. I hear it is dotted eight, though in the very beginning, but it, it, it never happened. I mean, I, and what that little clip we hear, it never happens again. <laughs> Only one time. Hey, sir, it's on great. The, on what? The the, dotted eight on what? On the in the very in, in the very beginning, it goes. You do this. Boom. boom and it, I think it happens maybe maybe it happens a couple times, but I don't heard it once. And then you got that. Purr. Yeah,
2: those are occasions, the little pickups. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So good. I thought it you happened know, I, more. That's great.
2: Yeah, so that was that was uh, that's one of the few records I've done where I wouldn't change a thing. Most things I hear later, I go like, ah, oh, I wish I would have done this. But it's that, that record in particular, I'm like, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy with everything
3: on
1: it. Oh, know? that must feel so good because such a you know a, a long time ago, and you get to hear it, and you go. Oh wow! It does hold up, you know. That's a, that's a great feeling, you know. To have something like that when you you go back and go, oh, it, it, it was as good as I thought it was. That's awesome, Sam. Well,
2: you know, this is like you with and with dance. You hear yeah. that, you go like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's just it's yeah. that moment, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing I like about recording is capturing. Yeah. When you capture that moment that yeah. that that just happens to yeah. fly in the studio, and right. you either grab it or you don't. Right. And you know, yeah. it's just like say word up, you know, you know right away from the downbeat, you go, oh, that's word up.
3: Yeah, you know, right it, away. It's one of
2: those things yeah. that just happened, and it's like I'm grateful that I've had that. You know, yeah. it, was, uh, ah. it was it was a great time. And that you does.
0: said after that album came out, I mean, your life pretty much changed. I mean, you were—is that where kind of the corner turned as far as everybody wanted you pretty much after that?
2: Yeah, well, single life came out, and I was doing some records, and I was doing—I um, also was doing a lot of commercials in New York, so. <laughs> But when Word, came, Word Up came out, then it was just like I was turning down, you know, so much work. I, you know, I turned down $100,000 of work a year just because Oof. I didn't have time to do it. I was doing five, six sessions a day. And wow. And I had two setups that would piggyback. So I'd, I'd be doing one setup, one session. My cards guy would go take yeah. my other setup. To, Who was to
1: your cottage place. guy in New York?
2: Um, well, I had Big Mike and I also had this guy, Kenny Ania. Okay. Two different guys. All right. And... Um, they would go, and they would set it up, and I would just kind of walk into the session with my bag of samples yeah. and I also made a lot of back then i I made all my own samples I didn't like to use stock sound, mm. so i'd I'd go into like Atlantic Studio or somewhere. And, and buy it for the day, and just bring in tons of drums, and have Artie Smith come in and. Do I know it. And Artie. I would sample every. Yeah, great yeah. guy. And I yeah. would sample everything so that when I came in to program, they were my sounds. Yeah. And I didn't sound like every other guy because that yeah. was very important to yeah. me back then to not be. You know, yeah. I didn't want to be. Like <laughs> you know, else.
1: I was thinking about Artie. You know, one thing about Artie sometimes he's a he could be opinionated, and I and, and uh, or or <laughs> right? so. You know, I've heard stories where, like, you know, he tells somebody, like, I, I forget who it was, the drummer, but Artie was in a room, and he said, he heard a track, and he said, D- you know what, if you turn that stick b- around and played on the butt of it, it's going to sound, and he goes, oh, damn, if Artie wasn't right, you know, he's, like, just hitting with the back of the stick, it changed everything for the guy. He <laughs> <Artie> already had great <laughs> instincts, man. Oh, Artie's great.
2: Yeah. Well, he's still out there. He's yeah. out with Jordan. He was, uh, yeah. he's been for Jordan. Wow. There. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was the cat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was Steve that did say that, you know, so. Are there any,
0: are there any yeah. gigs, are there any gigs you turned down because you didn't have time that now you look back and wish, you know, wow, wow I should have, I should have taken that one or, or you can't really do that. Well, look-
2: mostly it was, I wish I would have toured more with cameo. Um, just cause when I look back at, at a nine, I, I just, I did recently see some old footage from us in, in, uh, England and I was like, man, that band was great, and it was horns and wow, it was man. just a wild thing. You know, I wish I would have toured more with them, but you know, I don't want to regret it. And I think because right. everything I did led me to where I am now. And yeah. you know, had I said, oh, I wish I would have done this, my life might have been different. Right? And, um, yeah. You know, and I've I've been fortunate to work with a lot of different people, so.
0: Well, we could. We, I mean, there's so many, we're not going to have time to go through all of them. I mean, we, names like Lou Reed, Aretha Franklin, The Beach Boys, uh, Roberta Flack. Uh, I mean, it's just Pat Matheny, Foreigner. I mean, there's, um, you know, I don't even know where to, because you, you can't pin down one story in the next, you know, 20 minutes. That uh, I mean, but is there anything that jumps? Was there any um, person you worked with that, not because obviously you would established yourself and you had worked with a ton of people, but were, were there any moments or, or person you worked with that, that this one felt particularly special to you?
2: Well, of course, Cindy. Yeah. You know, um, with Cindy is when I started touring again. You know, I met her. She came to my studio. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Stuart Lehrman, who was supposed to record a, a track for this Rugrats, this Rugrats movie, and he couldn't do it. He said, "Well." go to Sam's studio and he'll record the track and maybe he'll put some drums on it for you too. So she came to my studio and we started cutting this Rugrats thing that she'd written with Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. And so, you know, we cut the track and we kind of, we hit it off right away. And, and so she said, well, I'm going to be starting my next record. you want to do it? And I was like, sure. And actually, I think you're on a cut on that record.
1: Oh, is that, uh, uh you mean Half Full of Stars?
2: No, no, no. After yeah. that, it was... um uh, water's edge maybe
1: water's
2: edge on it shine, shine.
1: yeah yeah, shine. Shine.
2: yeah you're on uh, uh something know <laughs> you know, yeah yeah well, hard to be me okay didn't they go on
1: that i'm not sure i'm not sure <laughs> i did a i, you I think know. it is okay well, anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go listen anyway <laughs> maybe
2: it, i thought it was you anyway maybe i'm wrong um but um you know, we just hit it off and started working together. Uh, and so, next thing I knew, it, she never really asked me to be in her band. But she was like, "Oh, I'm going to go on tour for a week. You want to go?" I was like, "Yeah." and Then it was like a few more weeks, and then before I knew it, I was
1: in her yeah, band. You yeah. know, is so, that what? Did you know, and Bill was Bill playing with her at the time?
2: Bill was yeah, the yeah. Player, so yeah, because
1: you've done a lot of stuff with Bill, the uh, Bill Whitman who's yeah, been on the podcast, yeah, yeah. right?
2: Right, who is what through Rick, Rick Chertoff and, right. and uh, that whole crew? You know, yeah. it's like, again, it's like how you're kind of connected through people. Everybody. Um, but you know, working with Cindy was great. He was, you know, there was one record, we, the last record, where the producer d- didn't want to use me. He wanted to use Steve Gadd and Steve Jordan, and Cindy basically yeah. told him, "If you don't use Sam, you're not producing the record." Now, uh. nobody does that. No, you yeah. know. And she was just, you know, we, we just hit it off. We had a really yeah. nice thing. So yeah. when we were touring, you know, I do miss that. I miss being on stage with her now. I had
3: to, yeah.
2: you know, leave the band because I was doing um, uh, Pretty, Woman Pretty Woman and Conflicted. Yeah. And I was I just chose Pretty Woman, you know, because it was, um, you know, a year's worth of work compared sure. to three months. Right. But t- to me, there, her and I just had this really nice connection on stage. I kind of knew where she was going. And we just, yeah. you know, hit it off. So... of. Uh, you know, I would say Cameo and Cindy are probably two of my favorite yeah. uh, artists that I've really worked with. You know, I learned a lot from Larry and, you know, Cindy, I went all over the world and, you know, that led me to Broadway. So, yeah. you know, every everywhere you go, you know, everything you do kind of leads you to the mm-hmm. next thing you're going to do. But certain ones like, you know, Cindy, you know, they, they, she's opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah. So, you know, I'll always be grateful to her for that.
1: I'm so happy to see her have this whole, um, like, her career, like, she's just had such longevity. And uh, uh, just, you know, because, obviously, we both, you know, as well as I do, the kind of talent she is. I mean, I remember just meeting her uh, before she did She's So Unusual, and she was very unusual, you know? And it was like, but, you know, (laughs) she was like, wow. And, look, I mean, she first looked looked like a little bit of a doll, but, I mean, and I I don't want to, but it was, she was, you know, just... You knew something, you know, some kind of light surrounded her. You hear this about people, but she was, I, I, my jaw kind of dropped like, wow, she, I just met somebody and then, then she became Cyndi Lauper, you know, uh,
3: She's the real deal. you no She's doubt. Real oh yeah.
1: You know, done sessions. Like I've experienced her in the studio and I remember she said, you know, I'm working with two guys. I play with a band and she says to me in the studio, it's like three in the morning at studio. And she says, don't you, she told me, don't you listen to those two guys? You just listen to me. <laughs> I was like, don't fuck with me. You know, I was like, okay, all right. I'm, I'm there. I didn't even look at those yeah, two she, guys. <laughs> she yeah, knew. Yeah. 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 She, she likes to be the boss. Yeah. But, you know, Makes it clear.
2: It's her band. Yeah. It's her band. It's mm-hmm. That's whose name's on the headline
1: there. Yeah. Bindi, so, She's wonderful. You know, an and awesome like I've been woman. around her. I, I, my last time I saw her, my wife and I were up down, and I were at um, Atlantic City, and she had this little pup, this dog, and she was just so great to hang with. She was chill. You were, maybe, I don't know if you were playing or not, but I, I remember it was just, we just really had a nice hang with her, and it, she seemed like to drop her, you know, because you, you know, when you're a performer like that, sometimes you got to always be on. It was just nice to see her being kind of vulnerable and being herself, and it was really nice. Good good hang with her. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, she's a wonderful
1: woman. Yeah, yeah. I'm,
2: just, I'm just eternally grateful to her.
1: Yeah. Wow. And we owe it all to a
0: Rugrats movie. Is that is that pretty much? Where, that's where the connection started, right? She needed Stuart, she Stuart
2: Lehrman in a Rugrats movie. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> wow. Stuart's another one who does great work. Uh, it's done amazing. You know, uh, Atlantic City, all this great music. Stuart's a, a genius. Really, really great engineer, producer, writer. Great engineer, producer. Yeah. 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 He's,
2: he's, he's a great guy. Yeah. And chill. Great, yeah, great totally,
1: to totally. Well,
0: speaking, you mentioned produce- Speaking of producers, um, Sammy is obviously you've done a lot of that. You having you know in your studio there in, in uh, New York, I mean that's that's been a big chunk of your uh, recent work, right? You do a lot of producing there.
2: Yeah, I do a lot of producing, a lot of uh, remote recording, for drums and stuff. Um, lately, I've been producing mostly. I have a, a new band with uh, Matt Beck and Richard Hammond. It's a, trio, a power pop trio, so we've been cutting oh. tracks during this whole. You know, COVID thing. We were gonna, I was gonna produce um, Matt's record five years ago, and we both got tied up with shows, and he yeah. got tied up with Matchbox and Rob Thomas. So, when COVID hit, I called him. I said, "Now's the time." So we started working on tracks, and we were like, "Why don't we just make it a band?" So, yeah, we're, we're finishing up the album now, and that that should be coming out pretty soon. Are you all doing it and in your
1: studios? Is it remote remotely? Are you doing it that way? Everything,
2: everything's remote. Yeah, and. Um, yeah. So like, Matt will come up with an idea for a song, and he'll send me a rough, and I'll right. cut the drums, and it goes to him, and it goes yeah. to Richard. It just yeah. kind of bounces around, yeah. and, and then we we have our weekly meetings on Mondays, and we we work on production ideas and stuff.
1: That's and so great. Everyone kind
2: of works on it, but. Yeah. but the, the, it was trying to make it sound like we we're all in the same room. And
1: that's I think we challenging. It. Yeah, that's great. I, I can't wait to hear that. I, I, I Eric, Eric, who's living, Eric was living in Sweden and he put out a new record and I played on um, a bunch of tracks on that. And we did that remotely. And the challenge was like to try to, and we, our, our method was a lot like you were talking about, you know, he'd send me something. I put down some drums. And he goes, Oh, I made this work. And then boom. And then at the end of the day, when you listen back, you know, and, and, and the guy that was mixing, it was in um, Slovenia, Martin Straburnik. So we'd hear this and it was like, wow, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a ball with the, the remote stuff. It's, um, yeah,
3: it's, it's really great. cool.
1: I yeah. mean, it's
2: good and bad. I miss the interaction yeah, I do with too. people because, you know, remotely yeah. you're kind of just reacting. Yeah. There's no real interaction, but, um, you know, that makes it the challenge of trying to make it feel like you're actually playing with somebody in a room.
3: Right. So. Right. Wow.
1: It's cool.
0: Let's hear That's a little. Let's hear a little more. More Sammy's work. Uh, yeah. you, you suggested we uh, we haven't talked about Ziggy Marley at all, but wow. uh, you played on uh, his album "One Bright Day," which uh, won a Grammy for Best Reggae Album, I think, came out in 1989. And you suggested we play the song "Look Who's Dancing." Uh, any any uh, stories about working with Ziggy before we uh, play a little of that?
2: Well, one of the good things working with him was uh, I got to meet Rita. And wow! She came in, you know, on the second day, and was just saying how much she loved what we were doing, and and wow. you know, Ziggy was the real deal. Um, you know, I kind of changed this hi hat pattern up ever so slightly, and he just looked at me. He's like, "No, man," he goes, "Old old pattern, man."
3: Oh, but <laughs> he just he
2: he heard the most minute little tiny details.
3: Yeah. Uh, wow! Ever.
2: I was really surprised, and it was just you know. Yeah. You know, you don't often get to, to get that kind of call. For did that, you ever work, work. with?
1: Did you ever work with Sly Dunbar? Because, um, you know, another Greg uh, Jamaican le- legend. Uh, did you ever work with Sly? Did you ever work with Sly and Robbie? No. Uh, okay. No, I didn't. Yeah.
2: I, th- I think Jimmy might, Bray Lauer might yeah, have. Bray might have.
1: Yeah. Okay. With him some All stuff. right. Okay.
2: But uh, yeah, those guys were great. You know. Yeah. That was a great rhythm section. Okay. But it was just, you know, it was an awesome uh, awesome experience to get to, to work with him, you know.
0: Wow. Well, let's get a little reggae yeah. music going. Let's this get- is Ziggy Marley, Look Who's Dancing, featuring the work of Sammy Marandino.
1: That's that's righteous. Sam. That takes
0: you back, Dave, right to the yeah. early to, to, the, to your reggae roots there yeah, with the Hooters. Yeah, I, I
1: I just love it. I love that stuff. Too. Even today, you know, wherever I get a chance to play any kind of reggae stuff, I'm in. I you know, I just love when I get anything like that. Sam, that's beautiful, man. Oh, really thanks. Good. Well, thanks you guys, the
2: Hooters. You guys always had that tinge of yeah. reggae thing happening. Yeah, you, know, I was, you guys are all big fans of that.
1: Yeah, Rob Rob was had uh, the most amazing record collection. When we first met, he probably remember when to this apartment and he had. He's, he turned me on the Linton Quasi Johnson and, you know, we played with, um, steel pulse and we would do gigs with, you know, we played with a uh, Jimmy cliff and, 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 you know, I was always into the Barrett brothers. And, and I, so I always paid attention to those guys. And of course when I was coming up, you know, Stuart Copeland, obviously he was listening to that stuff too. And he was like such a, you know, influence on a lot of music that was going on at the time. Um, you know, it, it was just something you hear, and you go, "Wow, it's it's so, so organic and felt so great and fun to play." You know, so um, yeah, yeah,
3: the, the way he
2: was such a pioneer with that, and just the way he figured out how to meld it all together yeah. into a pop sensibility. Yeah, is, you know, nobody plays like him. You know, no. you right away, you go, "That's Stewart."
1: Yeah, you know, that's him. Yeah, yeah, it's I love a, that fact that they. Uh, 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 I saw this this little clip of him and Sting together, and um. They're, they're kind of ribbing each other about like Sting, because Sting would always, because you know, I, I don't think they ever cut any of that stuff to a click track, and and and, 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 and Sting was always like meticulous about like, I just want to feel a certain way, and Stuart was like always edgy, like wanted this edge, and they kind of look, and he always played too loud, you know, it was like they were busting, yep. busting on each other, but as a drummer, and you listen about, listen to what, the way Stuart played, no one played like that, and musically, he just moved you as a listener, I don't care if you play play drums you're just listening he just like he just knew how to make it feel and you know whether it wasn't perfect on the grid didn't matter i mean listen to, you know there, there's a lot of you know uh, uh, guys that are like i got to pluck it right on there but you know i always say to them go listen to you know uh, uh, Roxanne or listen to uh, uh, some of that stuff or even other music a honky-tonk woman where it's like he starts at one point <laughs> at the end he's like You know, but it's still fantastic, you know? Uh, It's music.
2: Yeah, well, people have to people need to start listening more with their ears instead of their eyes. You know, they they play something, they go, it's great. And then they look at it on the screen they go, well, it's not on the grid. It's like, so what? Yeah. Right. You know, if you're not having to, if you're not having to lock into a pre-existing loop or something and it has just kind of a a, a movement to it, it's great. I mean, and you, you want to be tight, you know, don't get me wrong. No, I I hear you. The timing and your timing has got to be good. But when you listen to those records that are kind of, Moving around, you know, Bonham moved all over the all place, of the but place. everybody moved with it, and it moved in a good way. Yeah, it wasn't right. Like rushing and constantly getting faster, just kind of breathing.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and, you know, and Copeland, you know, I saw their last gig at the Garden. Uh, yeah. Sterling Campbell was playing with the Bees, and he invited me, and so he did his Love show, Sterling. and then we sat out there and watched them. And Stuart Copeland, the whole band was incredible. Yeah, It was just like... You know, that, that was a real band, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and the, the interaction and the combination of yeah. those three guys, but yeah. Stewart was tearing yeah. it up.
1: Yeah, and he played traditional yeah. grip, too. He would hit that snare drum. It was like, you know, you knew he had to play a lot to play like that, to get that kind of oh, yeah. snap going with a traditional grip and flip it, you know. You knew he always had sticks in his hands to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, that's a special art, you know, to be able to to do that right, you know. So yeah, it's it's cool, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, we, we mentioned program, but you know, you're, you're such a great drummer too, Sam, you play drums. Like, like you're, I mean, you're really a drummer I admire. I love your playing. I love your feel. And I love one thing that I watch you say, Sam, you could be playing something so intense and you look like you're like chill. You're relaxed, like Mickey, you know, you're just got a thing that it's just like, you just got it grooving. It's such a, Great thing to watch and experience as, a, as as someone, as a fan. Love your playing, man. Oh, well, Beautiful playing. I
2: appreciate that. You know, that's, you know me a long time to learn you know the key to playing is relax like yeah if, if you see ferroni play you see yeah. Stephen ferroni yeah play, uh,
1: best uh,
2: you know he's almost asleep
1: i know i know <laughs> but, but i know
2: but running it a thousand miles an hour exactly I mean, he's just like so relaxed yeah yeah and just laying it down and yeah. Mickey, mickey's yeah. the same way yeah. you know yeah i
1: you i you know I, I, I tell rob like you know rob you know with some of the guys in the my band who've been to forever they're always like you know they get juiced before a show nowadays. I don't know if I had this conversation, but I had it with Mickey. You know, I, I don't know if I told you, but the Hooters when we play live these days, about eighty percent is we have. a am I'm, I'm running the SPDSX and I'm playing to a click. I I found out we were going to do that a day we were. Do, a Matter of fact, on tour we started doing it on tour, Sam. So you as a drummer, right. you know like. Oh, wait a minute. Like, and then when we first started, I was the only one that had to click. And then after the first gig, and I said, guys if I'm going to do this, you need to do this because I started hearing the bass way. Like they're like, Oh, I'll play with you. Oh, great. But listen, you need to hear, you know, what or, or just a little variation. You need to kind of have an idea where we're going, at least a count off, you know what I mean? Right. But, but um, right. I remember, you know, uh, uh, doing it, and these guys would be all pumped up. And I really noticed when like initially when we're going on stage, like, especially the first few songs is like, dude, man, you know, you just like sound like you just had some espresso, you know, settle down. (laughs) And they're like, nowadays, like, I want to go to like, I want to go to Zen world before I hit the stage. And it's the, no longer is it like, ah, we're going to kill it. It's like, I'm going to go up there. You know, it's, it's, it's a mindset you have to have, man. It's if you want to be, if you want to survive it and you don't want anybody giving you the evil eye when you're playing, you know, you want it to be, you know, feeling right, and it's and there's certain reward to that too. You know, it took me a little while to get used to that, but now I'm fine with Absolutely. it and I like it. But I, th- I think you know what oh, I'm talking yeah, love, about.
2: You know, click click can be your your best friend. It should yep. be. It should be just be like another member of the band. Exactly. You know? and, and um, and even you know, you can all be on top of the click. You can all be behind the right. Click. Right. It's kind of like a reference. You know, as long as you're not you know all over the click. yeah, <laughs> very good different places all yeah. through the song. You know? Very
1: good. Yeah. Yeah, man.
3: Yeah.
0: So, before we wrap up, David said uh, when he first introduced you to me at the start of the show how you are Mr. You know you know your burgers. He knows. All of, he, so, what, where's where's the best burger in New York City?
1: Oh, Raoul's by, uh, by far. I am so uh, down with you, man. I agree. I, I can't wait. I think I turned yes. you on
2: to that, didn't I, Dave? Yeah. And the, the, it, you know, they yeah. only make like 12, 12 a day. How about that? What twelve?
0: Wait, they 12, only a day. They make twelve burgers a That's day. It.
2: They only serve them at the bar. They have this beautiful old bar. Yeah. That with, with great, that Frank uh, Francis is the bartender there. They're wonderful, love uh, it. And you go in, you got to wait, you go out, you get there like a half an hour, 40 minutes before yeah. they open. Five, yeah. And yeah. you got to wait in line and make sure, you know, cause you want to be one of the first 12. And, and so the first nine people can sit at the bar and then up yeah. three more, almost everybody orders the yeah. burger. It's,
1: Oh, phenomenal it, you're, it, Sam is so right and, and 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 the way it's served um it's just it it is just an experience and you I'm telling you you've never had a better burger in your life I agree and i I, I think since Sam's turn let's go on to it when we go, um, we it's it we, we it's usually a, a stop we make, but we have to make an, a you know a a, uh, a reservation. You get you know if you if you get in there and you're just showing up, you're very lucky. But Raúl's is yep. the spa is the is the place. And thank you much, Sam. But Sam's turned me on to other places. I mean, uh, you know uh, that we had a, a great burger. There was one other spot. Um, uh, uh, what was that? I forget the name of the place, but it was another place that you told us to go to, and it was very good. But Rollwell's take is, is tip top. Um, kind of a strip house, no, it wasn't that one, but now I got now I got uh, to go there. Now I have to go there, Sam.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, strip house, and they have a great steak, too. That's oh. that's, that's probably my favorite steakhouse in New oh, York. Wow. Oh, Oh. That one's good, but there's a there's a bunch of great burger joints.
0: But, yeah, you know, yeah. Any
2: place that's just rolls oh, for yeah. me. I, I just love the day. I just
0: love that you had that answer, boom, right off the bat. You didn't yeah. have to think about it. It was just you know I didn't because I, I was afraid I was putting you on the spot, and no. you were boom gave
1: gave us the answer. That, that's great, Sam. So. I yeah, I, I can't tell good. you how much it meant to me that you could come on. Uh, I, we miss hanging with you. I I I I miss the uh, the the fact that none of us can really get out and play. But I think hopefully I'm optimistic about getting on with our lives in the next few months and uh you know we hope to see you and uh it was a true uh, uh, uh it was so much fun just chatting about you know all the great things you've done over your career and uh, it was a blast right and we didn't get into a lot of it go on sammy's website com.
0: Uh, and you can see all the people he's played with, see some of the work he's done, and then I guess uh, the next thing coming up for you is, as you said, Diana. The musical will be premiering on Netflix uh, soon, right? Right, that'll
2: be in March. Okay. that'll be in March, and hopefully we'll be opening up in uh, summer or fall, uh, reopening the show. Uh,
0: all right, and then once you know, once everything touring comes back, are you going to be back on the road with Cindy at some point in the future?
2: Or? I, I don't know. She may call me. You know, I've been on and off with her for. <laughs> past 20 years if okay. she if she calls me again i'd probably do it again
1: because uh it's the music it's one piece. Of
2: my favorite you know the band is good and but yeah. you know i don't know yeah. who knows what's gonna happen yeah, it, yeah that's a way a good
1: way to look at it yeah. we don't know
2: open yeah. to all of it
1: exactly right. sam thank yeah. you so much and we'll see you soon all right bud
2: uh, all right thank you both for having me and uh, be safe you, you too
1: sammy thank you so much all right bud what a pleasure!
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was great, Dave. I mean, you're you know your you're fellow drummers out in the world, the experiences they've had, the stories are great. Yeah. And the
1: uh... he's such a class act, I man. Such a such a good guy. It's uh, nice to see because he's you know he's he's also authentic, and. Um, It's nice to be around in this business because, uh, you know, he's experienced the ups and downs of it. He's had a great career and uh, he still gets some great things coming to him, you know, and I, I admire him so much.
0: Yeah, him. I mean, it, a great life grows up in Ohio playing drums and yeah. next thing you know, and you know, all these years later, he's on Broadway and all yeah. the people he's played with. Good it, to have friends it, like that. Yeah, very cool. And it all start. not it didn't all start, but little moments like he walks into the bar and the guys are sitting next to him needing a, pro, needing a yeah. drum programmer. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, that, I love stuff like that. That's awesome. Great. Great podcast today, but it was. Uh, we didn't get into the eagle situation, or but uh, you know that's that's oh, a yeah, mess. They fired. That Jeffrey, him. Jeffrey, well, for
1: whether yeah. or not you should have fired Doug, but well, the, the Jeffrey Lurie's press conference is the thing that blows me away. What the hell? What, uh, what, was, what he, I mean, he should have gotten out of there real quickly. He just didn't know when to shut up. You yeah, know? I, I mean, How, I, I guess Howie's done no, nothing wrong. It's Howie's, all
0: <laughs> Howie's. the perfect general manager. Right? I mean, what? we got we got six general managers on this team. or six guys who could be general managers on any team. I don't know if they have any general managers on their team right now, yeah. in, the, in the organization right They sure
1: now. need to figure out not, how not to evaluate, on... evaluate talent, because that right. last draft, I remember. Uh, the, Look, maybe last draft? Come... How about the last five years? Yeah, exactly. I mean, every <laughs> time I watch Metcalf, and I think about uh, our Sago Whiteside and Metcalf, the fact that we didn't take Metcalf. In, or, and the one that really gets me is uh, uh, Jefferson, because, uh, you know, watching his dad play, I knew that he was going to be a winner. But, you know, there's so many players nah, that we could, had. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. All right. that, I just needed to get that off my chest. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I'm glad you did. You know, <laughs> I mean, but I, we got the Sixers and Simmons. You know, oh, that, that's a whole
0: other story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two, two friggin' shots, yeah, yeah, two yeah. friggin' shots against a G League team on the other side, and he takes two shots. No. Anyway, all yeah. right, all right, enough sports. We don't want to, we don't want to ruin the, uh, yeah. the the mood of the the great vibe of, of the interview with Sammy. With, with it was uh, wonderful, with Sam Bernardino, <laughs> man. Yes, thank you so much to Sammy. Thank you to our sponsors, Croker Percussion and the School of Rock Mainline yeah. in Pennsylvania. Thank you to Taylor doing a great job as always and Wildfire Radio. For Dave, I'm Andy, and we'll see you next time on In the Pocket.